You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, everybody. Robert Carrillo here, and welcome to Midweek. It's great to be together, and uh, tonight we're going to do a little bit of an update and kind of progress report on one of the big goals that we've had over the last couple of years uh, concerning elders and deacons. And um, I'm very excited about the way things are progressing, the way things are moving forward. And uh, it's important to us because this is really building the future of our church and building the, the strength of our ministry. Um, if you uh, recall, we, we began a couple years ago, we set a goal of building up the Ephesians 4 team. And we did a little study on it um, to build the team that we see in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, with apostles, evangelists teachers, and elders. And that comes from the scripture, Ephesians 4, verse 11. So it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. I mean, what an awesome plan. This Paul, I love this because Paul kind of gives the church a snapshot of what's the plan. Here's the plan right here. God sets up prophets, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, which by the way is elder and elders a pastor. And that's important, which we'll talk about another time. But um, so he's, so he sets up prophets, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or elders and teachers. And he tells us why. Why? Well, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, to help the body of Christ be strong, be healthy. He gives us all these different roles, right? And he, and he says, and we all, so that we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, becoming or become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. I love that because it's kind of what this is all about, right? What, why, why do we have churches? Why do we even go to church? You know, well, because this is what's supposed to be happening is that we are being built up. We are growing in the fullness and the full measure of the fullness of Christ. We're maturing in Christ. We're becoming like Jesus. That's, that's the plan. And he gives us these roles for that to happen, to help us. And it's a great plan. Um, the truth is, we don't see it in effect oftentimes. We see a lot of times the evangelists, and sometimes you feel like you got an elder in there and almost never any teachers, right? And and so what are we trying to do? Well, we're trying to build the full team. We're trying to fill the roster, have the whole team in place. And we set that as a goal a couple years ago. Um, there is another scripture that's important that we looked at, uh, you know, not only Ephesians 4.11, but also Philippians 1. Paul is writing the church in Philippi, and it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul's writing a letter to the church in Philippi, and he's and it's interesting who he addresses it to. He says, to all God's um, holy people... In Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. And overseers is once again another word for elder. 
there's there's three different words and uh we'll, we'll here let me just put them up there so you can see what the three different words are um whoops that's not it never mind back up i'll tell you in a minute <laughs> but um episcopoi poimen and presbyteros so the three words and i'll show them to you in a minute another slide but but those are all basically translated to the word elder the interesting thing in this letter is that paul is addressing elders and deacons so it sounds like that's who their their leadership team was at that point Philippi, or the church in Ephesus, had a more developed, mature team. One of the things that, that I've noticed in, in my studies of how the church evolved and how the church grew is it, it almost always started with an apostle or an evangelist, somebody who preaches the gospel and establishes the church, and then little by little more are added on. Teachers are added. Elders are added. These roles that help build up and strengthen the body, and that's kind of the 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 evolutionary journey of how the church is built up when a church grows big and has been around a long time and all they have is evangelists a lot of needs don't get met there are needs that an elder meets there's needs that a teacher meets and them working together is the team that god put together to help us all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of christ that's the team that God put together. So really, every church should be working towards that. And that's what we're working towards. That's what, as a reminder here, that's that as our goal. In the past, we had the Weber's as elders. Uh, we had Kiainas as evangelists. We had other evangelists, right? But um, as far as when I stepped in, when I came here, that's that was, you know, last man standing, so to speak. And then we have several deacons, the Sanchez, the Sewells, the Tolentinos, the Vus, the Downings, the Esperantos. And and they are kind of operated as deacon couples, even though officially only the husband was a deacon. Um, but they, they work together, right? And and so those are the deacons that were that are still here, that are current, that were appointed. And um, there hasn't really been a whole lot of attention to the deacons, which we want to change. We want to put a lot of uh, focus on the deacons in the future because, again, they're part of the team. Um, so presently we have still our elders, the Webbers. Thank God for them. Amen. Thank you, Doug and Joanne. Uh, we have the, added to the list of evangelists myself, as well as, uh, Reese. And of course I put under evangelists, both of us, um, we have the title, the women have the title women's ministry leader. They, which is comparable to an evangelist and teacher, which I serve as a teacher, uh, for the congregation as well, for the Los Angeles church and for the ICLC. So I'm a teacher. I'm not necessarily officially recognized here, but, but because I am an ICLC teacher, I'm a teacher. So, and we have that. And obviously, um, we've had a lot of in-depth teaching and we love that. And actually I'm excited that we're going to roll out, uh, some in-depth Bible classes for those that would like to learn more deeper Bible. But, um, and we still have the deacons who've Again, not been super utilized, but they're there, and they have been, and they are people who serve all the time. The Sanchez, they work with the with the East group, uh, helping you know discipling and 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 helping the Bible talk leaders. The Souls, they serve with with the South group. The Tolentinos are always serving with media and the bulletin, different ways. The Vus, they've been serving with the South group for many years. 
the Downings, they have been working with the community service and, you know, different community projects that we're so grateful that they're organizing all the time. And Jerry leads that team of community service. And then, of course, the Esperantos, who've been really working with campus for a while. And what is a deacon? Well, a deacon is a servant, right? Somebody who serves the church. That's the Ephesians 4 model that we have, right? We don't have apostles anymore. And we don't have prophets in the Old Testament sense. We do have prophets in the New Testament sense of people who preach God's word. Not in the Old Testament sense of people who who are in, receive a message from the Holy Spirit or a message directly from God and then go outside and preach that message. Our message is from the Bible, and we go out and preach what the Bible told us. Now, the Bible did write the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit did write the Bible, so we have it, but just in a different form. So, But the four that we have in front of us, the four that we can work with are the evangelists, the elders, the teachers, and the deacons. And that is God's leadership team. That's who God set up to lead the church. And we're very grateful for that. That's not; Those are not easy roles, and it's not easy to qualify. A lot of people do not qualify for those roles. And even good-hearted people and good spiritual people, because God is pretty strict about who is going to lead the church and who's going to take care of the church. I mean, even when they, when they in Acts 6, when they picked seven men to serve the tables for the church, they had to be full of the Spirit and wisdom to be chosen. And if they weren't, they had to be commended by the by the brotherhood or by the brothers and sisters, or they couldn't do it. So God had a, has always had a criteria. That's kind of how God protects the church. And again, this is part of why it's so important that we have all four, because if you only have evangelists or even just evangelists and elders, it quickly becomes too much. And, and things can get lopsided and things can go sideways. So the more we have that full team, the healthier the church is going to be, the better off we're going to be. Not that you can't have it without it, because all the early churches typically were planted by an apostle or an evangelist and didn't have the elders for years. When Paul tells Timothy and Titus to go and, and appoint elders in all these churches, these churches were, were probably already 30, 40 years old when, when they got appointed elders. So, so sometimes it comes in stages, right? Um, and, and, and so we want to do this to secure a great future for Metro. We've been through a lot in this region. This region has, has been through some tough times. And, and I think the closer we get to God's plan, the healthier the future will be and the brighter the future will be. And of course, we added, we, we set as a goal to adding evangelists or ministry people. Um, and of course, we did that. We added the Esmonds and, and we are super proud of, I know the Kiainas and the Creos are super proud of the Esmonds. Uh, Casey and Michelle are doing a great job. You know, despite we don't have normal schedules because of the pandemic, they've really been in there getting training, learning, growing, and they're just fantastic. We're very confident in their hearts and their ability to lead, and I'm excited about their future and how they will contribute to building Metro up in the future, and I know they're very loved and good reasons for that, right? We added them, and, and we had rolled out last December, last fall, that we are going to be appointing elders. There's There was three couples that have been in training for a couple years now, more than two years, the Sanchez, the Vuz, and the Esperantos. And the way it works is they train on a congregational level. They're part of a training program. And then they 
the proper way would be that they also train with the elder and evangelist in place. And that's kind of why they, the, their appointment was held off until Michelle, Michelle and I could get into place and I could build a relationship with Edgar, with Tian, and Jacob. And the, and that's what we've done. They've been, we've been here now two years, over two years, and we've built a great relationship with those guys. And um, we're super excited about appointing them, you know, and seeing them become elders, which quadruples our elder team, right? And we now since we've been here, we've also added the Simmons and the Henleys to that training, to the training we're doing, and to the training that happens on a congregational level. So we we believe in their leadership. We already put the names out of the Sanchez and the Vus and the Esperantos of Edgar, Tian, and Jacob to get feedback. We've gotten some feedback. It's been wonderful, and where there were rough places and relationships, and there's been talks of ironing out, making sure we're all good, we're unified, because the body has to believe in and trust this eldership, and the eldership is an incredibly important role, right? So I'm happy to announce April 24th, we're going to have a special service where we're going to appoint three elders, Edgar Sanchez, Jacob Esperanto, and Tian Vu. And that's going to happen April 24th. So super excited. That is a historic moment in the whole LA church, but especially in the Metro church. So we can't wait to see those guys appointed. Um, that's going to be at Whitney High School, 10 a.m. And then we're going to follow it with an agape feast to celebrate. So that's going to be super exciting. I can't wait. I, I, I really hope you can be there. Um, we're getting a big place so we can fit a lot more people and you know and not be overcrowded or crunched together i know that there's still some that that don't feel necessarily safe being in public that's okay it's all right we'll 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 um we'll figure out a way to film it and show it maybe at the following sunday or something but but um we are super excited about this happening this this is historic this is major so yes super excited can't wait to see that happen then the next phase will be to appoint more elders. And right now, we, of course, I've already mentioned we've got the Henleys and the Simmons in the training. Bobby was an elder before. He's come back and has been willing to, to re-engage in that role and the Simmons. And, and I'll be putting their name before the region uh, and, and right after we appoint the three elders. So, you know, and I'll be explaining that again. The, again, this is the process and we're going step by step in the process. We're moving not too quickly because this is so incredibly important to the future of the church. The other thing we want to start the process is on appointing and using the deacons. Really, biblically speaking, everybody who's in charge of anything should be a deacon, should be a deacon person. And then, of course, really exciting is, and, and I've never seen this done anywhere in our fellowship, we'll be appointing women as deacons. And we're not using the term deaconess, and that's on purpose because... Because in some cultures, deaconess has a whole uh, kind of an image and, and a role already. And, and truthfully, there's, there's nothing in the New Testament about, about that. Even Phoebe, who was called a deacon or a servant of the church, was not deaconess. It just said deacon. Um, so we're just sticking to the term deacon, men and women, right? And then we will continue uh, to... Try to train up future ministry staff. I know we all want to grow. We want to see ministries reestablished in downtown and the east and, and reestablished and established in South Central. So we need more people training. We need people in the ministry. We need evangelists. We need ministry interns. So we're praying for that. 
to see that happen, to raise up more. Uh, there are people training right now as we speak. So that's really exciting. So as a reminder, a deacon is a servant, a diaconos. An elder is an overseer, an older shepherd, or a pastor, right? Episcope, those are those three words I said earlier. A presbytero, which literally means shepherd. Appointment, which means overseer, right, or shepherd. They all can be translated as shepherds. They're all you, the word uh, an elder. And that's really important, you know, because in our culture, in our church culture, when we consider who's the pastor, well, normally you think Reese is the pastor, right? He's an evangelist. But a pastor is really an elder. Who takes care of the flock is really the elders. That's who takes care of the flocks. Well, then what does an evangelist do? An evangelist is more about preaching the gospel, baptizing people, and starting new ministries. In the past, our evangelists did it all. They did the teaching. They did the pastoring. They did the, the they did everything, right? The, and, and which was really not a healthy setup. And honestly, a lot of evangelists and women's ministry leaders got burned out trying to do too much, or they were in a place where they were trying to be experts in things that they were not gifted for. And each one of these is a different role in leadership and requires different set of gifts, you know, and, 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 and it doesn't work well when you've got people doing things that they're not gifted for that. That's not, and we all know that we've, we've seen that in the world. We've seen that in the church. So the idea is to get everybody in the right place, right? To get the pastors or the shepherds or the elders taking care of the flock, to get the evangelists set up so that they can be out preaching the gospel and advancing the kingdom of God, starting new ministries, baptizing people, and doing the work of an evangelist, and training up people, and training up new leaders. That's all the work of an evangelist. A teacher is equipping the saints, teaching them, helping them to mature, to be strong spiritually, to know God better, to through the, knowing their Bibles, and, and, and helping the leaders to grow continually and spiritually. And that's a teacher's role. And we want to have all those roles. And of course, the deacons, man, they just keep the church moving. They're in charge of all the different sections of the church, making sure the church is moving forward. That's the winning team. And that's what we're working towards. Um, I already read this. This is where Paul calls... And then in Titus 1.5 is the first scripture that describes an elder. You know, it says, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might pull in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. Remember, I was telling you, this happened 30, 40, 30 to 40 years after the church was started. And he wants him to go from town to town and appoint elders. This is an evangelist. This is Titus. He's an evangelist. This is what evangelists do. One of the responsibilities of an evangelist is to raise up, train, and appoint elders. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. We talked a little bit about that. You know, we we, we consider that, and this is through much prayer and thought, the, the elders and evangelists of Los Angeles Church have landed on that, that this this applies to when, when an elder's children are home. When they become adults and move out, then they're not necessarily held to this that the that the the adult children have to be members of the church, but while they are young and while they are at home, they should be obedient, believing children, um, and that's I think a really good, fair, and healthy view of this scripture. He says, since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing and quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. 
Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So this is this is a really great description of what does an elder do and what is the role of the pastor in the church. Okay, so when we appoint those three brothers on April 24th, we are appointing pastors, right? I'm not a pastor. I'm an evangelist teacher. They will be pastors. And and it tells us here what, what their character should be like, what how they should operate, and what they must do, which is a great description. There's another one in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. He says, here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may be conceited and fall into the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So there's another list of qualifications. We've gone through these before. I'm just reading them more to remind us of who we're looking for and what kind of role we're looking for. This is the this is the elder, the shepherd, the pastor. Um, he even has to have a good reputation in the community. Actually, all three of the brothers that that will be appointed all got they all have recommendation letters from the community from people in the community, not just people in the church. So we, we, with all three of them, we talk to their kids, we talk to their families, we talk to, to them, of course, the spouses, and, and we talk to uh, uh, people that they work with even, that wrote letters of recommendation for them. That says a lot. That says a lot, you know, of, of their character and who they are. Now with deacons, um, the main difference between an elder and a deacon is, is difference of gifts and and calling really not character i mean the 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 description for deacons is is pretty strict as well about who can be a deacon who can serve and keep in mind with the deacons we're we're not talking really a leadership position we're talking about a servantship position somebody who serves the church but yet god still wanted them to meet a criteria he says brothers and sisters choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a really uh, a high criteria there. Full of the spirit. Well, how do you know if somebody's full of the spirit? Well, because they speak in tongues. No, because they're always hearing voices. No, because they show the evidence of the spirit. Well, what's the most obvious evidence? Fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. That those are the things that they show. That's that's who can be a deacon. That's I mean, in this case, they were just going to wait on tables. It's not like a big leadership role. It's a servantship role. Who's going to serve the church? But because anybody serving the church has an impact on the church. That's why 
whoever leads songs, whoever even doing part singing or hands out the communion or serves in any way really should fit in that category. Whether it's the artifact or the or the worship team or whatever, the translator, whatever. Any role should be somebody who's full of the spirit and wisdom. And hopefully we have that conviction. This might be the first time you've heard it taught that way. And that's and 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 I realize that so I, I would say we're moving in that direction. Where really anybody who serves the church should be at a deacon level. And that's why we need multiple deacons, not just three or four. We need a lot of deacons to help run the church. Here's what he says about deacons. He says, In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but there's a helicopter circling Studio A. So I don't know what's going on out there. The Turnwell and I will just stay in here. Uh, but he's circling uh, all around us. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. And then he says, in the same way, right? He started out that sentence with the same in the same way because he just talked about elders. So the, the the requirements are very similar. He says, in the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. Okay, so there's debate about, was he talking about their wives or were we talking about women? He just said women. And we know he's not talking about all the women of the church. He's, I think he's talking about anybody who would serve the church, like a deacon, right? And he says, a deacon must be faithful. Now he says, a deacon must be faithful to his wife. He's clearly talking about the men here, right? And must manage his children and his household well. You notice how managing your household is a big deal. Is your house in control? Is your health, is your house healthy is it a happy home is it filled with love is it filled with faith is it filled these are these are the qualifications of who can lead in god's church those who have served well gain excellent standing and great assurance in their in their faith in christ jesus so we have this long list of biblical qualities i already read through it of you know summaries they must be spiritual have a noble character self-control wise proven humble and courageous meek Leader seasoned, not a novice, right? These are the basic principles of who are we looking for? Because you've got to be able to trust them, right? We talked about that last week. Got to be able to trust our leaders. And we don't trust our leaders, then the whole thing doesn't work well. Um, they've got to have strong character. They've got to have integrity. You, they're not going to lie. They're not going to trick you. They're, they're going to be honest and upfront about things. They've got to be spiritually. And you know by the fruit of the Spirit whether they are spiritual or not. Now, Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that they are perfect or that they're flawless. I think some ministries have made the mistake of, of looking for perfection so nobody ever qualifies to be an elder because nobody's perfect. And people, we've all made mistakes in the past and I can't think of one elder, even great elders, who haven't blown it in the past. The difference is when they blow it, they're honest, they're open, and they repent and they grow and they become stronger because of it. And that's that's the difference. They're not perfect. It doesn't say they're flawless. It does not say they know everything. They're not Bible scholars. They don't have all the answers, but they know who does. They know the Lord. They know their Bibles. They can get answers and they know where to get it. They're spiritual people. It does not say that they're charismatic. 
You know, the charisma is is one of those things we generally always expect in evangelists. They need to be able to motivate and inspire the crowd. They need to be able to move hearts. And, and so that's a more of a fair expectation for an evangelist. You, that's a gift, right? A gift to inspire and move hearts. So it's fair to expect evangelists to be somewhat charismatic, to be able to, to inspire and move the crowd. That's good. I would not expect that of an elder. It's not on the list. It's not needed. And I wouldn't even expect that necessarily of a teacher. That's not on their list. It's not, it's not necessarily needed. But it is expected more of an evangelist. But that's important to note that that's not what's expected of an elder. I think what generally what is always expected of an elder is great humility. They are willing to be led by God in all things. They are led by the Holy Spirit in all things. And, and they're willing to listen to anybody and everybody and really hear them. It doesn't mean they're, they're not people pleasers. They're not out trying to just make everybody happy. They're trying to please the Lord, but they do care about what everybody thinks and how everybody feels. They take care of the flock. The good shepherd with Jesus, he said, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. They have a good relationship. That's a pastor. That's what we generally think of as a pastor, right? And I think it's been a mistake that we oftentimes think the pastor's evangelist is not the same role. This is what an elder does. This is what a shepherd does. So, so I'm going to wrap it up here with just a couple of scriptures that describe Peter, first Peter five, five, we went through these before. So that's why I'm not digging in and unpacking them in the same way. You who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the crowd, but shows favor to the humble. I mean, we are called to submit to the elders. That's how I'm, I'm really picky about who, who I appoint as an elder. They've got to be somebody who really loves God, is spiritual, and is humble because in essence, I have to submit to them. I have to submit to those people that are elders. Even if I appointed them, I still have to submit to them because they're elders. And and of course, then he, he follows it up saying, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, right? That we should all be humble with each other, but especially he points out the elders and Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So it says, consider their life. An elder's life should be a good example, even if they've suffered, even if they've gone through hard times. But they should, it should, the, the, the way they handled suffering, the way they handle hard times should be a great example for us. And you should be able to see the fruits of God's blessing in their life. He says, have confidence in your leaders. You know, that remember I talked about being able to trust and feel confident about the leadership. This is this has to happen. So that's why we're so picky. That's why we take so long to make sure we do this right. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. And and I don't know why they dropped this. Uh, actually, in, in the Muncie's literal translation, Muncie's like the premier Greek scholar. Um, he translates and says, continue to obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your soul as those who must give an account. I love that, that the shepherd's job is to watch over my soul, take care of my soul, help the church take care of its soul. So, What's our plan? I close with this. Our plan, we're going to, our plan is to, to, to continue moving forward. We're going to appoint 
Three elders on April 24th, Lord willing, we're going to be appointing more. I'll roll out the names and bring them before the congregation. Um, and we want to build, we're going to keep building our Ephesians 4 ace team that God puts together, right? So what do we need to do? Well, we all need to pray for this, pray for God's guidance in this. Who should be the deacons? You know, uh, consider the qualifications of deacons, read it, go over it. Uh, consider the needs of the church. You know, what do we need? We need people to work with children's ministry. We need people to continue helping with team ministry. We need people to work with campus ministry. We need people to to help in different parts of the church. So who would be wise and full of the spirit that has a heart for God that could be that? We need to consider the needs. And we need to make suggestions for deacons, for the for the for men and women. And I'm super excited about appointing women. What are the needs? Are there are there specific needs to help the women's ministry? So please, if you have those thoughts, share them with any of the ministry staff or any of the elders, the, the with Doug or or Edgar or or Tian or Jacob or their wives. You know, the elders' wives is not an official title, but we all know practically it's a major role. It's a major role, not only to take care of the elders to make sure they're staying on point, walking with the Lord but also to give them wisdom and guide them along as they take care of the church, as they fulfill their role and their duties. But um, if you have some suggestions on who you think qualifies for that, please make that known to any of the ministry staff or any of the elders in the region. We're going to be putting names before the church. We're going to collect names. Then we'll put them before the church to be tested, as the Bible says. And then if they pass the test, they will be appointed as deacons too. We're going to put the names of the current deacons out there too to make sure that the church still approves of those people that are serving deacons. But it's up to them whether they want to or not. We hope they do, and we hope that more do because that's God's plan. And with that plan, we can't we we, we can't lose. God's plan always works. God's way is always the way. So that's the plan. That's where we stand. God be with you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.